the Rangers might just be comfortable enough to not re-sign Jordan Montgomery. And it's not for a reason that's going to make you feel good. We're talking about all that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked onto the World Series champion at Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Paddock, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of this podcast. Thank you all so much for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Paddock. You can follow my guest at OG Show. Follow the show at Lockdown Rangers. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, Before we get into today's episode, this show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Your customers get joined today and you'll get two hundred dollars in bonus bets if your first bet of five dollars or more wins visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started now joining me today is the prospect prognosticator the guru of all things texas rangers prospects and texas rangers baseball and just baseball in general the og grant schiller how you doing today my friend i'm doing great how are you i am well I've been doing better because of some news that came out last week that we are going to discuss that is a bit of a bummer to start the the episode on, but it feels like it it's warranted um, talking about the Rangers and their pitching prospect development. This is uh, based on a, a clip from Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News, the Rangers beat writer extraordinaire on foul territory. He was talking about why the, he doesn't think that the Rangers are going to re-sign Jordan Montgomery. And the main reasoning he was giving is that it's about time that the Rangers start trusting their pitching development um, and trusting some of those young pitching prospects to come up and provide starts and innings for the big league club. And while theoretically, yeah, that sounds nice. That would be nice if Jack Leiter and Owen White and um, Kumar Rocker were were all going to come up and provide starts and innings for the big league club. But I don't think that's really the best idea for a reason to not bring back a guy that's such an obvious fit, even if it is a bit of an overpay in Montgomery. Is, is that is that? Am I crazy in saying that? Because I, I feel like I'm not that crazy in saying it. <laughs> no, I don't think you are. I think Evan's point is right in that it's time for the Rangers to develop pitching that can help the big league team. If you're going to have a sustainable model, you have to develop your own pitchers just because they're so expensive on the open market. However, they haven't done that. And the pitchers they have in the upper levels aren't ready. Owen White's 2023 was a disaster. He's about big league ready if his stuff comes back. But I don't know if his stuff is going to be back. If he's who he was last year, where his fastball came back a couple of uh, takes in velocity and his slider regressed, he's not a big league pitcher. Jack Leiter had more success at the end of the year throwing like 80% fastballs. That's not sustainable. He's going to have to develop the breaking balls and command those to be even a good AAA pitcher. Not much less big league. You might be able to get by as a reliever being very heavy fastball, but that's not starter depth. Kumar Mark, Rocker's obviously out for much of the season, uh, and I don't know that as a – even if he is healthy, uh, I don't know that he's a surefire starter, and he's definitely not a big leaguer this year. Um, Brock Porter's a long ways away. I mean, look, Jose Corniel is a long ways away as a starter. I mean, you're closest to the big league – Maybe starter is probably Zach Kent, who can maybe moonlight as an up-and-down guy, but 
probably is better off as a reliever long term. I mean, it's you you it's time for the pitching development to be there and contribute to the big league staff, but it's not there. Uh, so it's a a longer term project and not something that oh hey they should develop we should develop pitchers better so we're just going to rely on it for 2024. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing you said about pitchers being expensive on the open market, I was thinking like, yeah, they're, they're kind of expensive, but you know, the Rangers spent half a billion dollars on their middle infields. So like, obviously that's the most expensive part of their team. Wrong. Very wrong. I am looking at Spotrack and their payroll breakdown for this year. <laughs> and so we've got salaries for these different position groups. We got catchers, a whopping $4.875 million. And now $3 million of that is your all-star starting catcher, gold glove winning Jonah Heim. And then, you know, one point, the rest of it is uh, your backup catcher. And like, okay, that's one position that's pretty solid for, you know, all-star pr- level production. And then you look at the infield as a whole, and you got $68.5 million there. It's it's a pretty sizable chunk of change, but you got two, seven, six, seven more players up the middle that are making a combined about... $55 million. Yeah, about $55 million this year, um, which, you know, they are living up to that production for sure. You got a pre-arb guy who's an all-star at third base. You got a first, second-year uh, arb guy first. at first base. And, you know, the, your backup infield depth is is all pre-arb guys that are pretty solid backup guys and Ezekiel Duran and Josh Smith. So, okay, nearly $69 million in infield. That's pretty nice and a pretty nice level of production. Then you look at the outfield. And this is not yet accounting for whatever Adoles Garcia will make an arbitration. Um, that's going to be at most $6.9 million that I think will be added onto this. But right now your outfield is making $4.25 million for what could pretty be a pretty, pretty darn good production. I'm thinking the Ranger will get out of their outfield. And it's pretty a pretty good you know bang for your buck of three guys who are all you know going to be producing you know i'd say the the worst outfielder might be two and a half war for starting outfielder this year in leone that's about what he was last year and that's pretty darn solid then you look at the relief pitchers you got 19 million dollars there in your bullpen and you know 11 to 12 of that is um i don't know i actually i don't think that's added in david robertson yet because they have not yeah it can't be um but somehow it is he's on this book on these books for $10 $10 million. I, I'm confused there. Um, so maybe spot track numbers are a little spy, but, but say, say it doesn't include David Robertson's 12 to $13 million that are somehow on the books is $10 million. So you add that in that's $30 million or say it's added in right now. And that's $19 million. That's a decent chunk of change, but you're still not at the $225 billion that the Rangers are spending overall on, the, on their team. You think, well, where, where's the rest of that going? Well, that's in starting pitching. At $114.325 million for starting pitchers that they'll be paying in 2024. And next year, it's it's at $73 million. And that's when you get Scherzer off the books and Andrew Heaney off the books as well. And that's, I think, probably including the vesting option that I think right now, it's a complicated option. I mean, then... Nathan Eovaldi's contract is very complicated, yeah. but it's basically, I think the base is like $20 million. If he hits 156 innings pitched this year, then that's when it vests. But as of right now, I think it's a team option. The vesting could make it a player yeah. or a mutual. It's 
there's a lot of incentives and a lot of yeah, different complication right. things in there. But yeah, baseline right now, it's a twenty million dollar team option. If he gets, I think what one hundred forty innings, it becomes a player option. It's one hundred fifty six because he had one hundred forty four innings That's last year, and it's a combined um, three hundred innings for the first two years of the contract. Okay. And then there are incentives okay. for you know Cy Young finish, All Star. Gold Glove, ALCS MVP, World Series MVP, which he hit a couple of those last year. Um, I think it was uh, $1.5 million in bonuses of that variety. But your baseline point is starting pitching is expensive on the open market because developing starting pitching is darn near impossible. And there's like maybe three to five teams that can actually do it well. And the Rangers are just not one of those teams. And it it's rough. And it makes you appreciate them actually winning it all while not being able to home grow any starting pitchers for the year, unless you're counting Cody Bradford's three, four starts or the, well, mm-hmm. I guess Cole Reagans didn't start at all this year. So Martin. you don't really get to count. Yeah. Martin Perez. Kind Are of. you counting Martin Perez? <laughs> I'm counting it back? because that, that's uh, as close as we're going to get. <laughs> And that's not really particularly close. And he's gone too now. And he wasn't cheap either <laughs> for last year. But no, yeah. surprisingly, he wasn't cheap. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have two actors that well, part of me is just doing the Han Solo like more. Uh, just just keep buying them. Uh, but you you have to you have to get better at it. You just look at a division rival. The Mariners are one of those three to five teams who do it well. And they were just able to turn both a reliever who became good out of nothing last year and a not a high draft pick uh, who is, what's his name, Jared Bowen, um, who is very, very highly thought of around the game right now, pop-up arm. You turned him into a, a high-quality second baseman, right? Um, so even beyond just the big league team and cost savings there, if you are one of the few to organizations who develops pitching well that's very in vogue on the trade market because again 25 to 27 teams can't do it yeah it's very true coming up we're going to look at why even though the rangers can't do it they still kind of have to spend their way out of their mistakes right after this word from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by ebay motors passion driving patience what brings your home your winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million different parts to choose from for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Now, the Rangers may not have the developmental organizational advantage of developing their own starting pitching, but one thing they have had that help them win the world series in 2023 in case you forgot the texas Rangers are the reigning world series champs is that they were had an owner that was willing to spend large chunks of change which if you look around the game at a lot of different teams including those mariners who have done such a great job of developing starting pitching 
their owner has not been willing to spend large chunks of change for the most part and has kind of self-imposed some restrictions on that. And you also look at another team that's very good at developing just players in general, not necessarily starting pitchers as a whole, but I mean, looking at the rotation that was decent last year, but could use some improvement as the Baltimore Orioles, another team very much not willing to spend money that is very good and you will be competing with for years to come. But this kind of principled stance of, well, it's time for our farm system to develop some pitchers. Yeah, that would be nice, but that's not how you got to winning a World Series. That's not how you got to improving by the most wins from 2022 to 2023. That, that is not how you turned a hundred loss season into a World Series championship in two years. You did it by doing the things that other teams won't. That's how you get the advantage on teams is by looking at what your organization has at its disposal and making the best use of those resources and those advantage and spending big on good players while other teams and owners are cheaping out is an advantage. It is the market inefficiency that you solved and you're already there. So like I, what I really don't understand, understand is like why this team isn't embracing it in this. Cause this is probably one of the last like big, big free agents they're going to go crazy for in this window. Like, can you understand why this is like they're deciding, all right, now's the time to like, you know, sit back and say, all right, let's just see what our pitchers can do. Yeah, I don't, I do. And I don't, um, I don't agree with it, but part of that might just be the fan in me, right? I, I just saw a pitcher who did great down the, down the stretch run great in the playoffs and won my team of championship, right? Uh, he's a good pitcher. There's a need for him right now. And so I want to see him bring him back. At the same time, part of why they're so good, they're not the only team who spends money, right? They spend way more money than a lot of other teams, but they're not, they're not the only team. They spent money, and they spent on the right guys. And that, that's a big part of it. Every single one of those has hit in one capacity or another outside of DeGrom because of the injury. Um, I mean, if they had signed Story, if they had signed Baez instead of Zeker or Simeon, they don't win a World Series. If they sign Conforto with the money that they wanted to use instead of Evaldi, they don't win the World Series. Like, there's, <clears throat> you have to spend on the right guys. And if they don't trust Montgomery, whether it be healthy or to age well, um, maybe he doesn't as well in certain iterations of the game, possible rule change. I don't, I don't know what it is exactly. But if they don't feel like he's the right guy, saving the purse strings and going for the right guy next year in a great free agent class could make sense as long as they're willing to go for the right guy next year. If they're just tied into the purse strings because of the Valley's contract and they've spent the most they're going to spend, that I would have a problem with. I can't be too angry at them because they want a championship, but I'd have a problem with that. If it's, hey, let's get, uh, hopefully they get somebody. Let's get one of the old guys to get through the first half of this year. Um, and then we, we attack the market more aggressively next year. I get it. Yeah, especially because, I mean, the market in 2025 with starting pitchers that are available, I mean, there are a lot. I mean, we, we, you look at what's what's left in the market right now. Obviously, there's the the top dogs, really the top three lefties. One of them is Clayton Kershaw, who's going to be out till midseason. And while I would love Kershaw as um, just you know a Dallas native to just go there and, and be there, but you, you'd have four guys. It would be what a combined. How many Cy Youngs does Kershaw have, like? three or is it four um conservatively three so that would be eight it would be eight Cy Youngs coming off the IL at midseason which is absolutely insane um 
but you have to get there. That's the whole point is the whole point of the season. Like it's, it's, you gotta stay in the race by the time those guys come back. Obviously it's, it's all about like, can you survive? Can you be in the hunt by the time, you know, at first one coming back is probably gonna be Scherzer in June or July. And then, you know, maybe mid July, late July, you get Mally and then maybe, mid-August or maybe it's late August or maybe it's early September with DeGrom. I mean, who knows? I mean, we just got an update that he's already throwing DeGrom is and uh, at 90 feet and there have been no setbacks, which is nice. Scherzer is past the most dangerous part of him having any setbacks. So it seems like June or July is you're feeling pretty good about that. Manly, I haven't heard literally anything about, so I don't really know, but I'm assuming no news is good news um, on that front. But like you look at past Snell Montgomery and Kershaw, you have either guys with, um, let's say generously, very big off the field issues, or uh-huh. they're old, and if pretty much everybody, or, or they're just not good. Like th- there is nobody left that you're like, huh, that could be solid, serviceable. It, it's like it's really just those two categories. And I don't know about you, but I don't feel really good about almost any of these guys. I mean, obviously Montgomery, I feel great about, but like, yeah, below those three, it's like. Shh, it gets rough really quickly. Is there anybody on there? Yeah, that you it does. I mean, the best one without. We feel good. I don't know about feel good. <laughs> um, there's a couple on there I would be happy to take on and try and get through half a season with. If you throw me, probably Hunjin Ryu is probably my favorite at this point, just a five and dive guy. Maybe you try and get Quato to be a foreign dive guy. Uh, just get somebody with, with Guile who can get you through a few innings for 10 to 12 starts and uh, just extend your depth, really. That's the biggest thing, uh, is extend the depth because of the pitching issues at the top of the uh, food chain in the minor leagues that we've talked about. Um, so those are probably who I'd go to if we're eliminating the, uh, as you said, uh, Put it lightly, significant off the field issues, guys. Uh, Clevenger, Urias, Herman, and Bauer. Uh, the rest are these old guys, and I'd probably take well, Ryu and Cueto over Granky or Kluber or uh, Rich Hill. What about Lorenzen? I'd be fine with him, but I don't think he's a good use of resources, and it sounds like he's going to Baltimore or San Diego, anyways. Huh. Well, I think they'd be fine. Maybe if you feel. A, a great Jake Odorizzi reunion or, or or reunion with uh Danny Duffy who didn't pitch at all in the big leagues this year and was just a reliever no, and he, I think is um is or lost. or if you want a, a really deep cut on on Rangers reunion there's also Chichi Gonzalez and Hans Kraus available um if you're feeling super sentimental and not like using your resources well um I think those would be <laughs> don't, forget, don't forget Dallas Keuchel I would like to forget Dallas Keuchel, but I will never forget the uh, Rangers iteration of Dallas Keuchel, and therefore um, I am very much out on reunion with him because, uh, yeah, that was that was not good. I would rather throw out their Zach Kent for a little bit, or uh, honestly, there's just a lot of things that I would go to um, before I got to a Dallas Keuchel reunion with the Texas Rangers because that stint was memorable for all the wrong reasons coming up. We're going to talk about the, ba- the Bally sports. No, the baseball prospectus top 10 Rangers prospects of which grant was the author and architect. 
talking about some really interesting names on there that are definitely worth discussing. Right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. You could bet on former baseball thrower Patrick Mahomes being the Super Bowl MVP, my large adult son. I'm sure he'll be doing very well. Um, I hear that uh, some pop star has a boyfriend who also will be playing in this game. I don't know. There's some there's some bets that I'm sure you could make if you think that he's going to impress his girlfriend uh, at the Super Bowl and win Super Bowl MVP. You could make your bets there at FanDuel. There's all kinds of other bets as well and some baseball futures bets if you're wanting to bet on the Rangers. Winning it all again in 2024. Last I checked, the Rangers had the fifth best odds according to FanDuel. So new customers join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Now, talking about championships as we were, uh, this is a championship farm system for the Texas Rangers in a great place. I'm sure this is a lot of fun to, to write about the top 10 Rangers prospects this year. And um, you had some names that were, were fairly similar to mine in a little bit of a different order. One guy you had up there that really surprised me in this top 10 uh, was where we go at number seven, Jason Morable, Morabel, making it yeah. all the way up there to number seven. I know that y'all were high on him last year at 13. I think y'all were the, the highest uh, publication on the Jason Morbell experience. What, what made you jump him all the way up over all of those pitching prospects that we just talked about in Owen White and Jack Leiter. And I think he also jumped over um, Kumar Rocker was there above him last year, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Part of that is on him, and part of that is on the guys around him, right? Uh, so, Morabel didn't have a great season. He he really didn't. He didn't access his power. Um, I mean, he like really did not access his power. But what he did do is he showed that he has a good eye at the plate, uh, better than people normally have at his age. Feel for the strike zone, pitch recognition. He's got a quick swing. He has pop in there. We're attributing a lot of the power outage to a, the shoulder injury that we think may have bothered him before he got shut down early in the season and kind of expect that to come back. So if it does, you have a guy who can play a corner outfield well. He's got a good hit tool. He's got some pop in there. He's pretty advanced at the plate in terms of um, some of the soft skills in comparison with his age group. There's a lot there to, to predict a potential solid regular and uh, left or right. So we like him, and then the other side of it, I mean, Lighter, White, Rocker, uh, not a great year for those guys. I think we had Dustin Harris above him. He literally did not hit the ball hard last year. Um, and then some guys graduate off the list. So some steps back from other people in the farm, uh, some graduations, and then Morabell getting a chance to show us some of the softer skills that you can't see in complex ball or um, Dominican League kind of helped, vault us, helped us vault him up a little bit. 
Yeah, I was looking at Gutierrez being at number four. I was like, wow, that's so high. Then I went back and looked at my list. I was like, oh wait, I had him at six. That's not that's not really too much discrepancy. But I know, I know you guys have heard definitely heard that the Rangers are very high on them. Y'all think very highly of Gutierrez, who also didn't have the best year. But again, it's it's full season ball as a youngster. Is that kind of you're thinking of? Well, the Rangers clearly believe in him, so like there's something there worth looking at. Yeah, you hear a lot of good things about him from the organization. Uh, and, and when you watch him, it's pretty easy to see why. I mean, he should have power to all fields. He's a big kid, a good athlete. Probably can stay in center. If not, he can play a good right. He's quick. Um, I I think the swing, the swing's the issue, and not that it's not workable, but that right now it's just not generating the type of contact you want. I think his ground ball rate was 52%. His infield fly ball rate was over 20%. Um those numbers just can't stay that high, right? You have to trade some of those out for line drives and fly balls. They were working on it midseason. I'm sure they'll continue to work on it over the offseason. If you can fix that to some extent, all the tools are there. And a young kid struggling in his first year of full season ball is probably just going to be the normal at this point. With no short season ball, um, you kind of have to push him into low A. They're probably not ready for it. So year one's going to be a struggle. If year two's a struggle, that's where you start to get worried. Um, if he comes back this year and he does well, which I expect him to, he'll probably move up to Hickory and he'll be at this level of prospect kind of across the board. Um, but I, I think you almost have to t- let, let a kid at 18, 19, 20 take their lumps in low A these days because Manfred deter- decided to get away. Ooh, I can't talk. Because Manfred decided to go away with an important developmental level. Freaking Rob Manfred ruining, ruining everything as he usually is. Um, I, I just, I really enjoyed the the very first paragraph about wide Langford because reading it, I could just, I could just picture you just typing this out, just smiling from ear to ear, just like everything's so great. Everything's amazing. This guy's great. My team won the world series. Uh, literally yeah. the haters can't tell me a single thing is, am I completely accurate in that statement? That's about right. Yeah, that was about the attitude. It's like, oh, yeah, the Rangers just won the World Series. And, oh, here's this guy who's probably the best hitter in the minors. Um, and he's a Texas Ranger, and he hasn't even made his debut yet. And they literally just won it all last year and uh, are probably getting better, which is a lot of fun place to be as a team. As much as we bemoan them not being able to develop a single starting pitcher uh-huh. ever and kind of tightening the purse strings, um, which I like your point about spending smart, and that's – always been the differentiator in this Rangers quick rebuild as opposed to everybody else who tries to spend their way out of problems. Um, and it's why I think this team, like when people look back, that will be something that's overlooked of just, Oh, they spent money. It's like, no, they, they spent it smart. They also got kind of lucky in some guys that they wanted. They missed out on Anthony Rendon in recent weeks being <laughs> huge, a huge one uh, on that, that they missed out on and just things fell right for them. Finally. A fun pathway to to think on, a fun what if. What if uh, Tim Heyer's son never leaks that they were wanting Trevor Story uh, and kind of nixes that whole deal that was going to catch you by surprise? Uh, honestly, like, kudos to what him. If? Maybe it was maybe it was an industry plant. Maybe it was just a, a <laughs> false flag, whatever um, galaxy brain take I'm talking myself into because um, it all worked out for the Rangers and something that just in ways that it never has in my lifetime or your lifetime or the existence of this franchise. It's just, 
the last like two three years almost everything like the only thing that like really went wrong was like oh some of the starting pitching prospects kind of took a step back that's what pitching prospects do oh Jacob Grom's UCL blew out well that was that was probably going to happen but like everything else it's like okay I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty okay with the the flag that is is right there um, that will be there mm-hmm. literally for the rest of time as the greatest thing to happen in the history of sports. Speaking of the greatest things that happened in the history of sports, it is time for our random ranger. If you are new to this, Grant and I will pick the most random ranger that we can think of, or just one that we haven't done before. Or sometimes I feel like we've we've overlapped. I feel like there's one that we've done multiple times, but we I'm not writing these down. So um someone wants to go through the logs of all these many moons of of editions of Grant and I doing a random ranger, you are more than welcome to put in that effort that I am not quite willing to do. Um, the last one I believe was Lock St. John that you had, and I don't even remember who I had, but I just, okay. I love a Lock St. John reference. I am a sucker for it every single time out. And uh, it took me until um, halfway through this episode to finally come up with one because I almost um, forgot because somehow this catches me by surprise every single time, even though we do it literally every single time. And I'm like, oh, 15 minutes in, I need to pick a random ranger. Let me go to Old Faithful. I have mine pulled up from the Old Faithful ranger team that I almost always choose. I I feel like I've done every single one on this year's edition. I'm sure you can guess which year I'm picking. Yeah, 2014, but there's always more. Somehow there's, there's always, always more. more. There's literally always more. <laughs> you already knew. This one is, of course, a 2014 Ranger. Um, oh, I just noticed his hometown, which is not there. He is was born in uh, 1988 in Elizabeth Town, not Tennessee, Elizabeth Town, Kentucky. Back in 1988, he is 35 years old. He has not pitched in the big leagues since 2015. So he had four seasons of the bigs, two with Kansas City in 2011, 2012, then up with the Rangers for a whopping seven games, 10 whole innings of 450 ERA baseball, um, a reliever, a right-handed pitcher, 6'4", 235 pounds. It is not. This guy is from Kentucky. Oh. This is Nathan. I guess that's a good point. Nathan Adcock. Adcock. Former okay. Ranger great. Um, yeah, very aggressively fine. 92 ERA plus. Um, fine. <laughs> I, I honestly don't remember anything about Nathan Adcock in those seven appearances. You know, that probably makes him one of the better uh, relievers on that year's team. Honestly, um, like looking at it, I was like, oh, that's kind of. Um, well, Neftali Feliz had, um, pitched in 30 games that year with a, uh, with 13, he had 13 saves. That, Neftali Feliz had a sub two ERA and 13 saves that year. What? Where did, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? Actually, the bullpen surprisingly good that year. Walking with Soria, sub three ERA. Start? Sean's, uh, that was 2013. That must've been 2013, I think. I feel like that's got to okay. be because he didn't start any of those games. Um, I don't think unless I'm um, nope. Yeah. Pitched 30 games, finished 22 of them, sub two ERA. Um, and then Roman Mendez had a randomly a 218 ERA in 33 innings that year. The bullpen was like actually pretty solid that year. Like, but everything else was garbage. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Very, very, very hot garbage. 
Um, I swear, this is the, weird, the more okay, I look well, at this, for the, the first the time in a long time, I didn't get yours. Yeah, I know, right? That's surprising. Yeah, I, that well will never run dry. Honestly, like it, it feels like more names appear on there every time I look at it. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of 2014, did you notice that Tanner Sheppers was there for Beltre's, uh like Rangers function after he got I did. inducted? I did appreciate that. All of the like that was a collection of not so random and very random Rangers. And I appreciate every single <laughs> one of them. There were 14 of them there. Um, and wow, they were all spectacular. Who you got for your random Ranger? Did you pull from the 2014 well also? No, I pulled from earlier. He was a Ranger from 05 to 08. Uh, DH, oh, first baseman. I, I guess he played left field. Um, much bigger than I remember. 6'5, 250. Uh, he was a big time hitting prospect, even though he was a 46th rounder, uh, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, out of Glendale, California, which, fun fact, is a very uh, high fraud rate in the transportation industry. Oh, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, everybody knows that. Uh, big hitter, not much of a defender, good guy. Family was a good guy, uh, but he, he didn't end up hitting at the big league level. 230 average, only five home runs across 326 plate appearances. And I am, of course, talking about Jason Botts. Jason Botts. That is a pull. That is, wow. Um, solid pull. I had never heard of Jason Botts before. So um, really? we, got, okay. we, we, we really stumped each other. This, these are some pretty random Rangers. Um, good on us. We are, we are not getting uh, lax on this. I was worried that we were getting you know two lax. And like, I feel like we've done like some of these before. But no, no, no. These are definitely new ones in, in Jason Botts and um, whoever I, I they was so random. I already forgot what I said three seconds ago in my, um, uh, my random ranger of seven innings in there. It doesn't matter. Um, here we go. Nope. Oh, I just got my one for next time. Another 2014 um, <laughs> random ranger, but I will save that until next time. Grant, thank you so much for joining me and bemoaning, the few issues that we have to complain about, about this reigning world series championship team. Gosh, we really have those champagne problems, but I wouldn't change my champagne problems for any other ones. Cause no problems matter as long as this is the reigning world series champs, which they will be for at least another um, nine months or so. Grant, it is a pleasure as always. Thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy world series champion, Texas Rangers baseball.